and welcome to this edition of Cashing Out with Brock Landers, a New Jersey sports betting podcast. I'm your host, Brock Landers. Hit me up on Twitter at BrockLanders41. Welcome to our NFL 2018-2019 kickoff episode. We have not one, but two very special guests this week on the show who are going to share their expertise in picking NFL football games and drop some knowledge with excellent sports gambling advice. Between these two men collectively, they've won over a million dollars betting on football out in Vegas, particularly participating in the world-famous Super Contest held each and every year at the Westgate Hotel and Casino. So basically, I know this is a New Jersey sports betting podcast, but obviously we're still very early into the stages of sports betting here in New Jersey. So with that being said, this is our first football season. So in order for me to get people that know what they're talking about when it comes to football and that are proven football picking winners, I went out and reached out to two guys that I'm good friends with via Twitter and two guys that know a thing or two about making big money when it comes to the NFL season. And I got these two guys, and I'm about to introduce you to them momentarily. But first, let me just explain about the football super contest out in Vegas. It's the ultimate handicapping test for football. It's one of the largest contests. I believe it is the largest in Vegas. Um, Largest handicapping contest Uh, People fly out from all over the place to sign up. Uh, You need to have a proxy that will submit your picks every week um, because it is only for Las Vegas natives. But if you go out there, sign up with somebody that's going to basically put your picks in uh, who are Vegas natives, everything is fine, and that's how you get through uh, to the Super Contest. So basically, just to go over it with you real quick, Um, it's a contest that's been around for a while now out in Vegas and it's gotten more and more popular each and every year. Um, I originally found out about it through, uh, the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, he used to go out every year and enter it with, I think his buddy, uh, whose name is escaping me right now, whatever, uh, cousin, cousin Sal, I think it is or whatever. So I heard them talk about it, and it was always one of those things just in the back of my mind, like, man, that would be really cool to join that uh, sometime. But uh, it's a $1,500 entry fee, and then you have to pay uh, a proxy on top of that of your choice to submit the picks every week. So by the time you get into the contest, you're probably right around almost $2,000 just to enter the contest. And then on top of that, you've got airfare, hotel, all that type of stuff. So I would say back in 2015 it was, I actually did enter the Super Contest. And it was strictly um, a thing that I entered only because I had an amazing 2014 football season. I won a couple um, pick'em type pools. Uh, I think I won a Survivor Contest and Fantasy Football that year. So it was a very good year for me in football in 2014. And I said to myself, if I could win a pick'em pool with about 50 or 60 people, maybe I should really give this Vegas thing a shot. You never know. 
So I basically took the money that I won from all that stuff that I just explained and I went out to Vegas and I found a reliable, trusted Vegas proxy, which one of our guests uh, today will explain on the show who they use. And it's the same person I used, uh, Vegas Maddie and his assistant Tony. And pretty nerve-wracking experience, I'll be honest with you. Uh, It's one of those things where you think you're good at something, and then when you fly out there, you kind of get a little bit nervous, and you're like, wow, um, this is is something else. I'm entering a contest to to basically win almost a million dollars if I'm number one, and I'm up against some of the world's best uh, football handicappers. So nerves kind of take over at certain points of it. It was interesting uh, signing up there at the Westgate um, Hotel. I met Vegas uh, Maddie there and signed up with the paperwork. And he was my proxy. And away we went. And now how the Super Contest works is every year it's the same amount, I believe. uh, $1,500 to enter. And now they have two contests. There's a regular super contest, which is $1,500. And the top 50 finishers at the end of the year get money. Now, the payouts are all spread out. It's pretty much they take the total pot and they split it up into different percentages. So the number one person gets like, I I forget what the exact amount is. Uh, The payouts are online. But I think they get like 70% of all the money that was collected or something like that. And last year, it was just about a million dollars went to the number one finisher. And then everybody gets paid accordingly after that. So from 1 to 50, you get money. And 50, I believe, gets their um, their entry fee back. So as long as you finish in that top 50, you're getting money back. Um, when I was in it in 2015... Uh, there was about 1,700 people involved in it. Uh, actually, I'll check my, my Twitter profile right now because I saved uh, that as my, my bio. Yeah, there was 1,727 in it. Um, so yeah, in 2015, I finished 131 out of 1,727. And I'm told that this year, for 2018, they're expecting over 2,000 entries. So the contest keeps rapidly growing, um, but like uh, one of my guests will point out in the second interview, uh, the payout system is kind of getting to a point where a lot of people are getting offended um, because they go out there to join, and it's getting to a point now where you've got to almost hit like 65% to 70% if you want to take home any money, and you know I, I think it's just going to get to a point where so many people keep joining it that you're going to have to pay out probably the top 5% or the top 10% of finishers. Um, so I, I think I did the math when this was all going on back in 2015. And if they did go to that pay scale, I probably would have walked away with at least some entry uh, entry fee money. But uh, I definitely encourage everybody to try it at least once. And from today's guests, you'll, you'll hear that that's pretty much the only football action that they have. They just join the Super Contest every year. And that pretty much is stretched out over 17 weeks. And it's kind of, uh, that's their, their action for the football season. So when you break it down like that, it is pretty cool. You get a chance to win almost a million dollars. But uh, again, you, you've got to pretty much finish 65 to 70% or more 
to, to really collect uh, the big money. But it's a grind. It's a challenge. It's fun. It's exciting. It's nerve-wracking. Um, I had, a, I think, the best I was at at one point was about 60 or 80, and that was pretty much uh, right around like week 10 or week 11. But, uh, you know, every game matters. Uh, you don't pick the spread against every game. But you, you pick your top five, basically. That's how it works. Um, you have to submit five picks every week. Um, there's no different you know, point systems as far as um, rating your wagers or anything like that. So it's just straight up pick five games. Uh, the lines come out on Wednesdays. And your picks have to be in by, I think it's Saturday morning by like a certain time, 11 a.m. or something like that, Vegas time. So... There's a lot of strategy involved in it. Uh, sometimes you can pick off kind of stale lines where, say, they'll come out with a number and then an injury happens by Friday and you're getting like an extra two or three points on a side, so everybody kind of picks that game. But um, it's fun. It's interesting. Um, I definitely recommend it. Would I do it again? Uh, probably not unless they change the payout system because, uh, you know, like we always say here on the show, as long as you're over 56% or, uh, yeah, 56%, uh, you're, you're, you're a good gambler and you're making money at the end of the year. So to join a contest like that and go almost 60% and not make any money is discouraging. But again, it's all to say that you're in it. You've got action every week and you never know. You could be the guy at the end of the year that's going to hold up a, a check for almost a million dollars. But anyway, we've got... Two of the, the better uh, competitors that the contest has seen in the last five years. Um, our first guest today is none other than Damon Graham. And he was the winner back in 2016. And what an awesome story he's got. He's going to be the first interview that you're going to hear. And then our second guest that's on the show is uh, my friend from Twitter as well. The great... Barry McFadden, also known as Fade Material. So we've got those two great interviews coming up, and definitely two interviews you need to listen to. They do have some great gambling advice, and they also have a lot of stuff based to the Super Contest and how they had their success. Um, but again, they've got some great information just for people starting out as far as sports gambling is concerned and I would definitely make sure that you listen to both of them because at the end of the show I'm going to kind of touch on some great stuff that they brought up and also the reason why you're here they're going to give out some picks these guys dropped some knowledge on us this week uh, some teams that they're looking out for uh, Barry's got some great stuff as far as um, college football is concerned, and he also has an article up at uh, Sports Handle right now that I'm going to post also, too, in the podcast and on Twitter um, of all his plays for that. So be on the lookout, and uh, yeah, maybe you'll agree with these guys, maybe you won't, but the bottom line at the end of the day, these are guys you want to listen to. These guys have won a lot of money picking football games. Um, Damon... Like I said, he took home the entire prize in 2016, uh, which was just under a million dollars. It was like 900 uh, and change. So he obviously knows what he's doing. And same thing goes for, for Barry. Barry finished third in the year that I was in it, 2015. And uh, he's been back ever since. And you'll hear, you know, that 
he's he keeps going back. That's his action for for all of football. And uh, yeah, two great guys, easy to talk to. Like I said, lots of great stuff that you get from them uh, in these two interviews. And then uh, we'll kind of recap it all. And I'm even going to drop you some of my plays that I already made this year uh, going into this football season. But enough about me. Let's get into our interviews with our two great guests. We got Damon Graham up first, followed by Barry McFadden, Fade Material. And then we'll wrap it up with my picks for the 2018-2019 NFL season. Well, we have a very special guest for our listeners this week on the Cashing Out Podcast. He is the 2016 Super Contest winner from Las Vegas. His name is Damon Graham. Damon, how are you? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, Damon, that was 2016, the Super Contest. Just kind of tell everybody a little bit about your story. I know there's probably some people in New Jersey not too familiar with the Super Contest, but maybe you could just kind of detail your background, of, uh, and I know that the big story of it was, you know, where you were working at the time and all that type of stuff, if you want to just elaborate on that. Well, yeah, um, well, the, well, I was working at Starbucks at the time when I, when I won the Super Contest, but I've been, I've been entering Super Contest about two or three years previously, and um, basically what the Super Contest is, is taking five games against the spread every week for the 17 weeks. It's been kind of, I, I kind of found out about it when I came out to Vegas, from Maryland, and because uh, I came out of poker, I found out about the Super Contest, and it's like, uh, it seemed like a little cheaper than, you know, poker had it, so I started entering a Super Contest and doing that, and just, it's just, um, you know, it's tough, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great contest. It's uh, something that, you know, changed my life when I was working at Starbucks, and, you know, just, just the last week of the, the season, I was in, you know, I had two entries tied for third place, and I kind of flipped. One entry was the opposite of the other entry. The one entry went five and zero, the other went zero and five, and I won by half a point. Winning me, winning nine thousand dollars. So pretty much a change. Pretty much changed my life. Move from Maryland out to Vegas. What made you make the move? You, you just wanted to start getting more into to professional gambling, or kind of explain how you started there. Well, it was like there was two things. One, I wanted to move to a West Coast city, and uh, mm-hmm. that was, Vegas is kind of the cheapest one with most entertainment. And uh, two, it's like I, I, you know. Like like a whole bunch of people, I saw the money maker thing when I was in college, and I saw that when he wanted the the World Series poker, and it's like, oh, that's some that's something I could do. And I play poker regularly and stuff like that, so maybe I could do that. But you know, but then I kind of stumbled onto the the, the, the football contest, the super contest, and I kind of I shifted my focus to that. That's pretty amazing that you kind of just switched, you know, like uh, like your hobby in between there from poker to to getting into football. Did you did you do any sports betting at all prior to the super contest, or that was just pretty much the first time? No, no, it was I was kind of a, 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 me and my brothers and stuff kind of regularly do looked at point spreads and stuff like that since for, for a while before going for a super contest. Like when I was in high school and, and when I was in you know college, we you know we would regularly look at point spreads and you know do the point spreads and study and all that stuff. So it, it was not something it wasn't something like new. I just got got into sports betting, but my focus. In terms of gambling, went from poker to sports because it was like it was a little cheaper, a little bit um, 
you know, just to depend against the spread to get somebody against somebody else. Because a lot of these poker players out here are kind of just they're tough. So it was like it was like okay, let me go do this. Go to the sports. It became a little easier to make money. So that's why I kind of shifted from the poker to the sports. That's such an amazing transition. Now, do you, do you still play any poker at all, or you just pretty much just stick with sports now? I, I play I, I play tournaments here and there, but I mostly stick with sports. You know, it's like um, it's just uh, it is a little easier, and and what it is is just that you know the poker is like you have to have that kind of patience where you're sitting down for so long, like kind of sitting down, kind of like, right. like working at a desk job, kind of like working at a desk mm-hmm. job, but you're playing cards. You sit down for three, four hours a day in the tournament. You sit down for you know eight, twelve hours a day. So, like I tried to, that that was the goal to get away from that. So it was like it's almost like when you're playing, you're playing poker like you're on a desk job, just playing cards. Absolutely. So we know that you're very good at football, and we're going to lead into that. You know, obviously in, in a few minutes, and that's the main reason why we have you on this week as we kick off our our football coverage here on Cashing Out. But um, any other sports that, that you do like to bet on or that, you you know, maybe you're even better at something else than the football contest or anything like that? I, I, I look at you – know, I like betting on basketball. Um, mm-hmm. I like betting on, you know, pro basketball. It's pretty 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 good to me the last uh, couple of years, stuff like that. But um, mostly I just do the football contest because it's one – it's like outside of that, March Madness is one of the few things you have a contest on. You don't have to really keep a bankroll and kind of do all that stuff. You just kind of put the money up for the contest and make it simpler than have, have the bankroll and having to kind of be a pro gambler where you're every day kind of grinding in and out. It's kind of that everyday grind instead of the, but instead of that you have like just a, you know you pick pick the, pick the games, pick the contest, and it's kind of the payouts are a little better. So I, I prefer the contest style over like a, the daily grind of being a pro gambler. Okay, so you pretty much just play the contest then, so you're not playing any of these games straight, like at the casinos either each week. It's just you pretty much just stick to that contest. Yeah, I pretty much stick to the contest now. It's like um, before I used to play the game straight, but now that, you know, the contest, I won the contest, like it's pretty much, you know, I'd rather do the contest than, than play the game straight. And play the game straight because it's kind of a – playing the game straight is kind of a grind a lot rather than the contest. It's kind of just kind of a, a few – like a, a like a break up of a few sprints instead of the grind every day of picking games like baseball or basketball and stuff like that. I rather do the contest. Contest is supposed to be easy. Do you do any college uh, football betting or just strictly pros? No, I do college football. Uh, there's a William Hill out here. William Hill has a contest out here. I'll probably go do that one. So they have a college football contest, and the Golden Nugget has a contest as well. So I might do – they have a contest which mixes the college and the pro. So I might do those two. So I do college football betting as well. Awesome. Well, we're a couple weeks away from the kickoff of, uh, of another football season, which is crazy. It comes and goes so quickly. Um, I'm sure you've already started doing your research and whatnot. Um, and I know you can't give us all your tips on how you break down games, but any like futures that you like, any teams going into this year, season win totals, anything like that that you could maybe share with the listeners, teams you're going to keep an eye on? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at kind of the AFC South a lot because I think, um, I think a lot of those teams are going to be better. I think the, like if Andrew, I think Andrew looks healthy. I think the Colts are going to be a lot better. I think this, right now it's like six and a half or seven, something like that. And I think they're going to go over that because I think uh, if they get 16 games for Andrew Luck, I think that's 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 probably seven seven wins right there. But mm-hmm. if they get 16 games for Andrew Luck, and I think I think you know no no disrespect to Chubb Gano, but he's just kind of in over his head as a head coach. I think Frank Wright is 
can be a little bit better as head coach. And I, um, a lot of the times I look at kind of the, the coaching changes a little bit, like, uh, maybe things upgraded or downgraded or, or look at, you know, what teams done in, in division. So I said, uh, since I think the Colts and Titans are going to be a little bit better, I think the Jags are going to call fall, fall back because Jags are going to go under because I think all the teams in their division, Colts, Texans with a healthy, uh, Sean Watson and the Titans are going to be a little bit better. So I don't think they're going to just be as good as they were last year. I think the fall back a little bit. Excellent stuff there, Damon. And I think I'd have to agree with you. I think, uh, you know, you can make a case for, for the Houston Texans. We actually had Gil Alexander on last week, and he was looking into uh, Houston going over the win total. And same thing, he really did like Indianapolis as well. I think uh, you guys both make pretty strong cases for both of those teams. And I could totally see Jacksonville uh, coming back, back down to earth a little bit more uh, with Blake Bortles still there under center uh, yeah. on Sundays. Yeah, exactly. Because I think the Jags kind of maxed out last year. That defense maxed out. And I don't think Blake Bortles will be any better. So that's why I felt like the Jags will take a step back. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% there. Um, now, Damon, now I know, you, obviously, like you said, you, you go to the Super Contest and, and you enter your picks every week. I know you can't give away all the secrets, but what, what's pretty much as a handicapper? What, what do you look for in each game? Do you just kind of try to eliminate some games and then take with what's left? Uh, are you more of a statistical type guy? Just look at you know strictly numbers for for these teams. I mean, just kind of what's like your basic handicapping formula strategy? I'm I'm mostly you know in the super contest the numbers kind of stale because they come up the line come out on Wednesday. So you look you mostly look at the numbers and then you try to look at um maybe key injuries and things like that that you always try to look at. But most look at the numbers because the numbers come out on Wednesday, so they're stale numbers by Friday. Which, you know, the picks are due on Saturday morning, so there's already stale numbers. The numbers might change. So you try to look and you try to wait and see um, if there are any line moves where you get a better number, where the numbers kind of moves a couple points and the numbers kind of stale. Also, you kind of, kind of look at, you know, um, when, when I try to handicap a game, I just try to look at injuries. Uh, I look at the number because a lot of these, well, they can't do the key numbers anymore because the extra points are being missed and all the, the everything like that being missed more and more. But look at I look at injuries, look at just the, the teams with how they how they are home on a road. Sometimes you know the public teams are kind of overrated, like the Packers and the Cowboys. They always get more points than they should. Right. Um, and, and you just kind of kind of take from there. You try to limit, you try to keep it down to, you know, you try to find five oh, five to seven games that you really want to handicap, and then you pick for those games. I don't really pick teams. I pick the five. I feel like five games. I really. I feel like seven games. I'm handicap, and I try to pick five games. I want to put on a, a ticket. Excellent stuff there, uh, Damon. Anything you could tell uh, somebody that's you know pretty much just starting out in the sports betting? I mean, obviously here in New Jersey, it just went legal. So the show that we have here uh, each and every week, cashing out, we we try to give some tips from, from the professionals to the, the recreational veterans to the guys that are just trying to start out. Anything you could kind of share with the listeners? I think um, the biggest thing I would tell people is, is the most underrated part of gambling, the gambling is the money management. Because I think most people are better than they think they are at picking the game. I think there's a lot of people who go 60%, but they do parlays, they do 10-game parlays, 8-game parlays, do things that are just so hard to hit. That they lose, they lose more money than they could have made if they do you no know, single bets and things like that. Um, I, I think that a, a 
I feel like it's like almost 70% bankroll management and 30% picking the games. Um, I feel like uh, a lot of people don't trust their knowledge because they think Vegas knows more. But I think you should, you if you watch football or something for so long, you should kind of trust your knowledge and what you've seen and what you've watched and what you what you experienced as years going on. So um, that that's the biggest advice I, I, I would have. That's the biggest advice that was told to me is the biggest thing is money management more than just picking winners. Because there's a lot of people pick winners that don't make money because they 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 pick, they don't really manage their bets well. They don't manage their money well. Right. That's excellent stuff, Damon, and I totally agree. Like you said, you could be a great handicapper, but if you're betting over your head or, you, like you said, you fall into those parlay traps all the time, I mean, that, that could really make somebody go from a, a winner to a loser pretty quickly. Um, I know you mentioned that you were an East Coast guy. Now that there's, you know, legalized gambling in New Jersey and maybe other states to follow, would you ever consider moving back out East, or are you pretty much now a fixture in Vegas and you love it there? Uh, I, I, I was I was back there like last winter. I was back in the East Coast and we got snow, and I'm like, oh, I can't. I don't know if I can do snow anymore, <laughs> man. Like snow is well. I mean, because it's, the, it's like the weather is so nice. It's, so nice out here except for the summertime so it's like super hot in Vegas but it's like really nice out here and I, the snow is just digging out the snow and driving the snow and everybody's seeing the snowstorms and going out and, you know Sam's, Sam's uh, club is all emptied and everything is got chased with groceries and all that stuff I don't know if I can really do that anymore <laughs> All right, well, now we're getting into, uh, obviously, like I said, we're getting into another football season. I uh, hope you have a wonderful uh, handicapping year, and and you will be in the Super Contest again this year, I'm assuming? Yes, I'm, I'm actually doing it with a, a couple of friends and my brothers, so I'm trying to do We're doing it as a team thing this year, so we've been kind of noticing a lot of the cash, and people have been cashing out of teams that kind of put their heads together and try to bounce ideas over each other, so we're doing it as a team this year. That's awesome. Do you have a, 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 a name that people could follow you at to track your, your progress, or are you just kind of going secret for now? Um, not not yet, because I haven't really signed up and put the name in yet, but I think we're going to go okay. with uh, PG Finest. That, that, that might be the name, but if you haven't really have, you haven't had a, a real kind of a name name yet, so we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to, wait till we sign up, we just figure out when we'll sign up. I think it'll be PG Finest, probably. All right, sounds good. And uh, finally, I mean, any type of long shot, crazy Super Bowl prediction you want to give to the listeners? Um, let's see. Man, it's been, it's been crazy because the last few years have been kind of, been kind of favors and top heavy, but let's see who's a long shot. Hmm. Not in the AFC because it's always the Patriots, but uh, maybe in the NFC. Maybe the Niners do something this year. I, I, I think the Niners might do something this year, but it really is like it's so top heavy now. It's kind of so top heavy with the Vikings and Packers and and the Patriots, of course. And but uh, I think I think I think the Niners got something this year. All right, cool. Well, you heard it from there. Watch the uh, watch the Niners this year, Damon says. Uh, Damon, so awesome to have you on here, especially to have somebody that won the Super Contest. That's, you know, like I said, the ultimate test in football handicapping, and you're, you're the champ, uh, former champ. Um, good luck going into this year. Anything uh, you want to plug on here? Should people follow you on Twitter? What's your Twitter at? Um, my Twitter is POPS3284. 
pops thirty two eighty four. Uh, that's my Twitter. That's all I really. That's what I really all I really talk answers to. Um. Uh. uh yeah, that's that's pretty much all I, I kind of do. Is uh just sometimes I might put some pics up and stuff like that on Twitter. So just follow me on Twitter. All right, sounds good, and I'll make sure that I post that on Twitter along with the link to this show. Damon, thanks so much. Good luck coming up uh, on this football season. Thank you. Uh, good luck to you, too. Well, we've got another great guest on our show for this week. He's a super contest uh, staple. This is going on probably, I believe, his fifth year. Uh, you follow him on Twitter, at Save Material. It's Barry McFadden. Barry, how are you? Uh, good. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Now, was that correct? With about five years you've been entering the Super Contest? Yeah, it's about five years. And the uh, the first season I was about as square as they came, uh, probably finished in the uh, uh, towards the bottom, uh, and then kind of started to spend a little bit more time uh, each week uh, kind of handicapping the games and, and learned a lot more about what goes into handicapping uh, after the first year. It was just really a kind of an embarrassing performance. I, I really can't remember. I was probably in the you know 40% range, and uh, I'm certain I had every public consensus play on the board and really uh, kind of dedicated myself to uh, doing a lot better job for it, uh, largely because my wife said that I just couldn't flush $1,500 down the drain if I wasn't going to take it seriously. So in the uh, the second uh, the second season is uh, is when uh, finished in third place, and I I had a, a partner. There were we had two entries that season, and had a uh, had a partner on on one of the entries, and then had another one uh, as well. But I, I found that having a having a partner to uh, bounce games off of and try to find as many angles as possible really kind of improved the overall performance and gave you a little bit of a reality check as far as being uh on the wrong side of a game or, or two side too too much on the on the public side when, when something was awry with what the line was. Gotcha. Well that's a pretty remarkable story. You enter the super contest and kinda of go from uh you know, like you said, forty percent finish to now finishing in the top, you know, top five finishers of the, the two thousand fifteen contest. Uh, you must have did a lot of good research after seeing the results. What, what was your takeaway from that? Yeah, I mean, and uh, going into the final game of the regular season, which was a Sunday night game, uh, Minnesota was playing at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay having, uh, I believe, lost earlier in the season to Minnesota, and, and uh, there was a particular trend that we developed about I believe it was a team playing in their second consecutive primetime game after having won their first primetime game, which Green Bay fit into, uh, and they became an automatic play where it wasn't even something that I spent a lot of time on because the trend was, was so overwhelming. It was something like 11-2 and two or something crazy like that. Uh, but what I did not take into account in, in handicapping this game was that uh, Green Bay likely 
uh, went into the game and lost on purpose because they, in losing the game, they had a more favorable playoff matchup uh, the next week as opposed to having won it. I think they possibly might have even had a rematch against Minnesota, whereas instead I believe they played Washington and had an easier an easier game. But uh, there's certainly something about uh, and and the fi- going into the final game, it was either going to be third place or second place. Uh, one of those was locked in. Uh, the, the picks that we had made that week, aside from this, were designed. We were the only team that had a chance to catch the eventual winner, uh, rounding again, who's a fabulous handicapper. Uh, but we purposely made selections that were going to be ones that were against what he was picking, uh, which was the theory of the week. Uh, in fact, the, the card that I wanted to play would have gone undefeated. Uh, we still wouldn't have won, but we would have won second. But but uh needed green bay green bay ended up being uh uh between that entry and my other entry that finished in the 30s that would have moved up to the top 10 uh it ended up being about a quarter million dollar game uh and believe it or not i just sat on the couch and drank a corona and and watched aaron rodgers uh really stick it to me uh and uh i i was in, when i was in vegas last week i was hanging out with Aaron Kessler of the Golden Nugget, who's a, a buddy of mine, and uh, and with uh, Vegas Maddie, who I would recommend to anyone who's looking for a proxy as far as the as the best proxy service out there, hands down. Uh, but they were they were mocking me over uh, making such a square play uh, to end the season and how much it cost me. But I I reminded them that neither one of them have a, a giant check sitting in their office like I do. So I think that the last laugh was mine. <laughs> Absolutely, I was going to say a uh, top three finish in the super contest. Uh, that's a nice thing to have under your belt, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know it's kind of striking lightning in a bottle, and you know the last couple of seasons have uh, have not gone as well. I mean uh, had a couple of rough weeks uh, where you know you lose two or three weeks in a row and and have have some bad luck, even if you handicap the games uh, where you where you think are, are the right spot. You know the uh, you know, weird things happen in the NFL. I remember uh, the Colts uh, fumbling the ball at the end of the game and having San Diego run it back for a touchdown for a ridiculous cover. And I think it was week one or two of the 2016 season, the following season, and just saying, "Jesus, this, this may not be uh, my year." But you know, that's, there's so many variables. The the quality of the contestants in the contest uh as far as you know even though it's grown significantly there's uh, a lot of really uh good uh smart guys in there and you know and girls uh including my wife who has participated three years um and oh, wow. so there, there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of smart smart people in there who who know what they're doing and so it's uh you know, enable to hit a percentage that you know it takes to win the contest is is pretty phenomenal. Absolutely, and like you said, it just keeps growing and growing. So now, the entry that you put in for this year—that's uh, uh, just you solo, or again, you partnering up with? Uh, yeah, I've, your, your I've actually I've time. actually partnered partnered with my friend, and then I, I typically will do another solo entry, but I'm actually partnering with my wife on the second entry. Uh, and we will we will see how that goes. Uh, I'm ashamed to admit that she uh, she finished ahead of both of my entries last year. So uh, we are. Oh wow! But she was in the, <laughs> she was in the mid 50s percent, and she takes it very seriously. Although 
probably doesn't spend quite as much time uh, studying as I do, but uh, I certainly would not uh, put her on the square side of uh, of, of uh, handicappers. That's awesome. So, Lord, as we do head into the uh, the NFL season just weeks away here, um, you know, like you said, super contest is week to week. The lines come out, and sometimes they are a little bit stale and stuff like that. But typically for you, uh, as far as handicapping, I know you can't give away all the secrets, but what's kind of your typical week in the super contest? Do you kind of look at some games just to get a feel for it from the beginning? Kind of just walk people through a little bit of what your, your week is like when you're in the super contest. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the main thing that that I do is kind of uh, I look a lot to see kind of what we I feel are going to be the most heavily bet games and try to determine if the books are taking a side on that game. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's kind of the if the line looks too good to be true, it is. Uh, you know, I was talking with Aaron Kessler the other night while. Uh, I was watching him get get beat up playing blackjack and uh, said, you know, I can already tell you that week one, Patriots minus six and a half are going to be your biggest liability uh, because, you know, it's, okay, New England at home, they're angry after losing the Super Bowl and uh, they're playing the Texans and Deshaun Watson hasn't played for months after tearing his ACL last year. So I can tell you everyone in the world will be on that game. That's the type of game uh, where, you know, it's almost kind of an autoplay for the Texans on my side, despite living in Houston and not being a huge Texans fan. Um, <laughs> I, you know, that, that's a, uh, you know, those are the types of games that look for, you know, and, uh, and, you know, a lot of times it'll be, let's list out, you know, seven to nine games, I guess, that are potential plays and kind of, keep a list running through the week and take things on and off the list and rank them differently based upon, you know, injuries or big line moves or kind of other things. I mean, I, I know that a lot of the data that is out there as far as, you know, these are the current bet percentages that, you know, certain websites like uh, Sports Insights will post. There's a lot of skepticism as to the accuracy of the data they provide uh, that they claim to come from casinos or the, the books. Uh, but I will look at those and say, okay, well, it shows 85% of the bets are coming in on New England week one. I'm, I'm going to be on the Texans, and this isn't a game I even have to have to look out. Um, you know, and, and that hasn't been the most successful the last couple of years just because the public has done so well and favorites have covered like crazy and I think New England against the spread two years ago was 87% or something like that. So, you know, it's it's an examination of of those types of factors and really trying mm-hmm. to narrow in on what the best games are. And it's it's normally pretty easy to get three picks locked in. The last two are oftentimes a, a coin flip unless there's a uh, – Unless there's a big trend out there that says, okay, I've, I've got to play this, or you just think that the line is way off, those those last games are the tough ones. Absolutely. All great stuff there, uh, as you just mentioned, as far as being in the Super Contest. Now, also, too, you, you also like looking at college lines. Are you in any contests uh, out in Vegas for, for college stuff, or is that pretty yeah, much I, the stuff that you do on your own? No, I actually entered the the William Hill Contest last week. Um, you know that that's a good contest. I I finished very close to the money last year. Um, you know it 
the lines can be a little bit stale and uh, they do only offer a limited slate of games to pick from. I think it's 20 or 25. So you can't necessarily pick your favorite games like you could if, if say, like you were doing the Golden Nugget Contest, which offers both NFL and college. Um, I would be remiss to not admit that my entry finished last in the Golden Nugget Contest last year. Um, which I was asked if I would enter this year and put in please not last again as the team name, but refused to do that. But, um, you know, it, it can go either way throughout the year. But, uh, you know, I, I think that college lines are typically a little bit softer. The games are not as heavily bet. Um, you know, the NFL lines are always uh, very, very tight, and there's the statistic of how many games finish at, you know, three points uh, exactly. And so – you know, there's there's really a lot of luck in the NFL. You can be a little bit, uh, I guess, sharper on some of the college games, uh, particularly the ones that are not as heavily bet, where you may know something about a, a particular team or situation where the odds makers just throw up the line that they're given without, um, you know, having the full uh, betting community being on both sides to adjust the the total in the game. Absolutely. Now you were in Vegas last week signing up as you as you mentioned again for another super contest and obviously like you said the William Hill contest. Any straight bets that you made, NFL or college that you wanna maybe tell the listeners that you that you yeah. really like this year? Sure. And I uh you know, this this is the best time of year to uh be looking at some of the team totals. Uh and I had written an article for uh sports handle on the NFL uh, I mean, on the college uh, win totals on kind of a best bets, and I'm actually working on an NFL best bets column for them too. But um, I actually uh, I placed bets last week on the Nebraska under six and a half wins at the Superbook. I bet the University of Texas over eight and a half, and this is the first year in about six or seven. And I am a UT graduate, so I, I would be biased, except for I'm typically on the under of them, uh, but I actually think that they're a backdoor contender to make it into the championship, and I think that line is, is fairly low based on recent performances. Um, I bet on Notre Dame under nine wins, and I bet on Texas A&M under seven and a half wins, and finally, I believe Oklahoma State over eight wins. Those were kind of my my key college plays after looking at them, and I follow a lot of Big Twelve, which is kind of my uh, uh, given. I I go to a lot of games and watch most of it, so I kind of view myself as an expert in the Big Twelve. Um, I also bet Baylor under six games uh, as well. I I could see them winning two or three games at most this year, uh, or I could see that happening. I think I projected them winning five, but. Um, so those you know, those are really good to look at because you know things like preseason NFL aren't doesn't really excite me to watch. So I think this is a great time and doing your homework on those also gets you in the uh, the right position for being able to handicap the first couple of weeks of the NFL season of looking at what teams have added or lost and where they may uh, deviate from last year's win total. Um, you know, one my my top pick in the article I'm working on now is is actually going to be the Broncos uh, under seven wins, and the uh, the total hasn't moved on that. Although the 
uh, the juice on it has moved to the over, you know, obviously indicating that they're getting action on the over. But when you when you look at Denver's schedule, and uh, a lot of people are high on the fact that they brought in Case Keenum, and the, the article I'm working on actually points out that Minnesota didn't really try to keep him, and that um, after having a career year, and that 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 Denver allowed 52 sacks on offense. So I'm going to have a hard time seeing them winning a bunch of games. And and looking through their schedule, I would only actually make them a favorite in one game for the season. So I'm thinking that no more than five or six wins. So I think that Denver under seven would probably be my NFL best bet total play right now. Excellent. A ton of excellent stuff there, especially for our listeners that are looking to maybe fire some some uh, season win totals here before uh, NFL and college kick off shortly. Um, just to, again, as as we get closer to to closing out here, um, it was pretty much just going out to Vegas for the super contest. Is that what brought you into football handicapping, or was there what was like your your like beginning stories of getting involved pretty much with sports? Yes, so, so it's actually a, a pretty funny story, at least on how I first uh, decided to join the super contest. I I had never heard of it before. And a friend of mine that lives in California now uh, and I were out in Vegas and uh, we went over to the the Westgate because he was going to sign up and I'd never heard of the Super Contest. And uh, he went to go sign up and while he was signing up, I think he was using uh, Vegas Maddie as as well for his proxy. And I, uh, in lieu of signing up, I put uh, $20 across the board on a horse that was a long shot uh, and hit it. Uh, for about $1,800 and um, contemplated entering the super contest, but decided I would uh, use that money to recoup some other losses I had. So I passed on the super contest, but I kind of uh, played it, you know, in the shadow or here's how I would have done and, um, you know, decided the next year that I I was going to enter. But, you know, uh, even five years ago, I mean, the number of entries in the contest was – was fairly low, but I mean the uh, it's obviously growing exponentially uh, every year, and you know looking like it's going to be 1.5 million or more up top, and you know it also helps that they're finally going to pay uh, a greater number of entries. I know that in my uh, discussions with Jay at the Superbook after I, I went out uh, to collect my check, I I said I think you'd get about double the number of people if you paid. Uh, more than 50 spots because, you know, you, you could hit, you know, I, I think you were an example of this, Brock, where you did pretty well in the same year that I did great. And, you know, I don't know if you cashed and probably hit, you know, 55, 57% for the season, which that makes you a winning better, but, you know, not winning any money back in the contest when you do that's a little frustrating. And a lot of people viewed it just as a lottery ticket. So I think, you know, they're moving in the right direction with paying 100 people this year. I actually think they should move more towards the World Series of Poker um, payout formats where it's based on the number of people who enter and where, you know, they could easily afford to pay three or 400 people, at least get your money back. Um, and, you know, that would draw even more and more people. I mean, I could eventually see, you know, seven to 10,000 people in the contest. If they make it where you can enter your picks remotely, uh, which would uh, unfortunately not be great for my friend Maddie's business, but it could get a lot bigger than that. But it's uh, 
you know, the contest is growing. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, and, and, um, you know, I, I think that it's great because it gets people who are a little bit more of the casual sports fan who doesn't follow every week, but they say, okay, I'm spending 80, 90 bucks a week. And this is a, a cool thing I get to do for the whole season. And, you know, who knows? I may win a couple hundred thousand dollars and, you know, I've got seven or eight friends who, entered just because they figure, well, if, if this idiot can win a bunch of money, I, I can too. So, you know, those those types of stories, will, I'll keep it going. Uh, and so it's, it's pretty exciting to see what, what will happen in the future and how some of the other contests, like the Golden Nugget contest, which is really underrated on the format and how well it's run, um, you know, those types of contests, if those should be getting up around to four or 500 ent- entries, and, you know, those can have a nice payout too. Nice, yeah. No, I, I think the, the same thing about the Super, super Contest. I think it's taken such a crazy, um, you know, uh, amount of explosion, like you said, over the last couple of years, that I think eventually they're going to have to get to some sort of a different type of thing. And I thought that that would kind of turn away people, like you said. Like, you know, I, I, got, I came close to, I think it was 58 or 59%, whatever it was, that year that I was in. And like you said, you know, you, you make money with that number at the end of the year, betting the games, you know, blindly. But in the super contest, like you said, you, that doesn't even get you back your your entry fee. So yeah, I think eventually that's something that they're going to have to look into. And uh, I'm glad you agree with me there. Um, and just going pretty much now into this year's super contest, uh, anything you could give to to maybe people that are starting out as their first year in the super contest, or even uh, rookie betters, uh, like I said, this this show we pretty much catered to the rookie better here in New Jersey, uh, with everything being legal now. Any type of pro sports gambling advice you could give to to somebody just starting out? Yeah, I think the the biggest tip I would give, and it's a little bit of what I talked about before, but if a line looks too good to be true, it is. Uh, you know, there there is the common misconception that books are really looking to get balanced action just to make the vigorous. But there's a lot of times where a book will take a position on a game because they think that they have the right side of it and that the public will take the other side. So, you know, looking for those games that it's like, okay, Tom Brady's only, he doesn't, he only has to, um, cover by a touchdown against the Texans. That's free money. If you ever hear someone say it's free money, it's probably not. So, I mean, and so I think trying to take those plays out of your playbook and say, I'm not going to play any game like that and just watch and see what happens. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to take the other side, but sometimes the best bet you can make is not making a bet. And so I think that you'll see a lot of that uh, as as people uh, grow. And I think particularly in New Jersey, you know, it, it will be a, a, a more novice betting community um, of people who are kind of learning how books work and, and, and how to play. And I think that the lines will be more square to the extent that they're different from Vegas. So I think there'll be even more of those situations where a book may take a side and, and, and try to, you know, win a big game. And so I think just trying to avoid those plays. I also would, avoiding parlays and teasers, if you look at the house edge on those types of bets, uh, you have to be, uh, overly successful at those. I mean, the the books absolutely love it when you know they're getting 
again, like New England, uh, New England League Week One will be on every single person's teaser card that bets a teaser, five team teaser or whatever. It'll be oh, the Patriots just have to win this game. The books know that too, and when they dangle something like that out there, when this line probably should be nine and a half or so, and they're hanging six and a half, there's a reason they're hanging six and a half. And so just learning to identify those games uh, and also learning bank, bankroll management. You know, you don't have to play the Hawaii-New Mexico State game just because you lost that day. There's always another bet to play, um, you know, the, in the future. Uh, so chasing bets is just a, a terrible way. And bankroll management and, and also shopping for the best line. I know that New Jersey has a bunch of books that have come online, um, you know, and the lines will vary from book to book. I got different lines on the win totals that I was betting, depending on where it was, uh, just kind of shopping around Vegas. And, you know, sometimes you can save yourself a point or a half point here or there, which may be the difference between a push or a win. And let's say you push a game and you've got a hundred bucks on it. Well, that's hundred bucks you didn't have to bet on another game and that one you may win so you know there's a lot that goes into it but it's really thinking about what you're doing and thinking about the process and what's behind it and and knowing that the uh the people that run the sports books and the people that make the lines know what they're doing excellent stuff there couldn't agree with you more um as we go now into the super contest uh for this year uh, same name people can follow you at, or do you have a new name that you're not going to reveal for a while? What's uh, what's the latest with that? Yeah, so uh, Fade Material is back. Um, my other name, I'm going to hang on the radar, hang under the radar for a little bit, and, and then we'll okay. we'll see how it goes. Uh, but uh, since my wife will have veto power over the picks, uh, hopefully we'll be up top. <laughs> All right, sounds great. Well, thanks so much for having you on. Anything you you want to plug while you're on here where people could follow you at? And also, too, I'm going to post that link for uh, for the article that you have written up there. But if you want to maybe just tell the listeners, too, where they could find you there. Yeah, I mean, I, it's uh, at fade underscore material. Uh, you know, I'm an uh, active Twitter user, although mostly it's sarcasm and uh, trying to make fun of Darren Roval. But, uh, you know, I do <laughs> post super contest plays on there. Uh, and I've been contributing a, a number of articles uh, to Sports Handle. They run a, a great uh, a great website, and they're very up to date on all the gaming regulations um, and on a state by state basis on the legalization of it. And again, although I, I do not get paid to do this, I, I would highly recommend uh, working with uh, with uh, uh, Super Contest Proxy, who's Vegas, Maddie, and Tony. Uh, we used another proxy in the year that we did well. Uh, there was a mistake. It didn't end up costing any money, but you know, being with someone who, who you can trust is worth whatever fee they charge. And there are some kind of discount proxies out there, but you get what you pay for in that. And, you know, if you get a, if you're in the chance to win a bunch of money up top, you'll be really happy that, that you have those guys because they are, uh, they are spot on and know what they're doing and sign up as a breeze. And uh, so I, I would highly recommend uh, protecting your investment with going with people who, who you know you can trust. Couldn't agree more. I used them as well when I was uh, doing it back in 2015. Vegas Maddie, best you can get there for the Super Contest. 
Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, cashing out this week. Uh, good luck going into the Super Contest this year and college football. Hopefully everything breaks well for you, and hope to have you on again soon. Thanks, Brock. Happy to do it. Amazing stuff there from those two excellent NFL handicappers. Good luck to both of them. Uh, again, so much great stuff said in both of those interviews, especially for the uh, rookie professional sports better who might be going into their first uh, NFL season, especially here in New Jersey. Um, first NFL season to legally bet on football. So again... Just to be simple with you, I think the most important things that we learned, other than obviously their picks this year as far as regular season wins and teams to watch out for and whatnot, from a sports gambling uh, perspective, the biggest thing to look out for is you've got to look at the lines. you got to look and get the best of the number. That is the key to this. You want to get out ahead of where the market's going perfect example this week uh, New York Jets preseason week two opened up three-point underdogs line closed they went off as one-point favorites again anyone holding that plus three ticket in their hand you did your job you saw that uh, you had something right there the number was good and obviously people follow there um, so again biggest thing make sure you get the best of the number that is the key to making money long term uh, also too I think Barry made some amazing points about um, bookmakers being <laughs> extremely smart I mean again I said this in one of our earlier episodes but sports books look nice casinos are billion dollar places to hang out in because they have the typical person's money in their pocket those places were built from people that don't know what they're doing and again i think there's a lot of people out there that make too much work for themselves when it comes to placing a sports bet um, for instance, I'm in a Slack channel with a bunch of people that love talking baseball, and some of these guys are getting ready for football season, and like, there's literally like a guy who's like, I'm looking on LinkedIn at every team's uh, personnel and what they're looking for in hiring people to see what kind of a, a statistical advantage that I could have, and it's like, dude... You're spending way too much time looking at people's LinkedIn profiles for teams to see what they're like keying in on and like, okay, do you really need a LinkedIn to see that, um, you know, the Bears want to throw the ball this year? I mean, that that's like crazy stuff. And within the last probably four or five years, you need to realize and respect that the numbers that are out there have been tried factored uh 
I mean, the bookmakers, they do all that for you. When they give you that line, you take it one way or you go the other way. It, it's real simple. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to sit here for hours at end and look at things. The number is a good number most of the time. Now, again, you make your own power rankings maybe. Maybe you, you make your own lines at home and then reflect from what they come out as. And you want to compare and you might see an edge, obviously, compared to your numbers understandable that's what how gamblers you know usually fire on stuff if they see a big discrepancy in what it should be and what their numbers are but at the end of the day if you're like the recreational guy just going to the sports book and you see a number up on the wall sometimes you don't even have to overthink it i mean like i said these bookmakers account for everything don't think that you're getting information that they aren't um same thing goes for baseball you know you got some guys out there that are like, oh, I found this particular stat that favors this guy in this weather, and, and um, you know, his, his ex-fip is this, so I don't think that people are looking at that enough. Okay, that's one way that you could maybe look at a game, but don't think that you're the only person seeing that information. The bookmakers are smart. Their lines are good. There's a reason why you watch every game, and the total usually comes right around to where the total is in football and baseball and basketball, and they know what they're doing. So the thing is, use them as an advantage. I mean, again, it's crazy. You don't need to sit here and do 50 hours of research. If you want, you can, and maybe that gives you some sort of a a pulse on, on every team in the NFL like that guy was doing with LinkedIn profiles. But it's like, man, it's pretty much cut and dry. You just kind of go by what they're telling you, and you kind of just get a feel for the teams as they go. And, you know, there, there's situational spots. There's a million ways to break down games, and that's a whole other episode that we can get into. But you don't have to dig that hard. And, again, don't think that the information that you're finding out is something that the bookmakers are missing. Trust me, they know. They know what to look for. Now, you might get last-minute information about a game or a key injury before something changes. Um, you know, that's a given. But you don't need to recreate and, and spend a gazillion hours trying to get an edge to make 100 bucks on a game. It's just not necessary. So, again, going forward, great point by um, Barry McFadden there saying the bookmakers are smart for a reason, and when they release something, you pretty much need to respect it and see that they've, they've done the research for you almost in a way. So, great stuff there. And then the biggest thing to get into this NFL season, especially if you're just starting out or maybe you had a pretty good baseball season to this point, you got to listen to what these guys are saying when it comes to bankroll management. And that was the lesson this week, pretty much. Both guys talked about that. They said you have to be able to put aside your bankroll. You have to break things up into... 1% plays, 2% plays, 3% plays. You really like a game? Put down 3%. If you're having a bad day, maybe you have 4 or 5 1% plays going and you're 1 and 4. Don't chase the money. There's no need to play a game Sunday night because you don't want to pay the bookie 
or you don't want to look at your tickets anymore, or you want to open up a sports app and bet the last game because you're trying to, to recoup the losses that you had from last week. Gil said it perfectly on last week's show. The advantage that you have as a better is you don't have to play every game. And you're going to have days where you're 0-6, 0-3. And then you're going to have your days where you're 3-3. and You're going to have your days where you're 6-0. and I mean, it's ups and downs. But there's no reason to chase and there's no reason to just bet games that you really have no edge on, no feel for, um, just to make a bet. Again, be selective. Be selective in what you want. And losing was the number one lesson that the great Bill Krakenberger told us in our first uh, guest episode. Um, you got to learn how to lose. That's all part of it. Um, again, week to week, things change. Dating back to 2015 Super Contest, I had two weeks I was 5-0, and and I had weeks where I was 1-5, 1-4, 0-5. I mean, you know, it comes and goes, but at the end of the year, that's the main goal, long term. You're not going to get rich overnight. You'll have your good weeks, you'll have your good days, but again, be disciplined, learn to lose, and the number one thing that I always tell people, listen to guys like the guests that we have every week on this show. Listen to other podcasts like Beating the Book uh, with Gil Alexander, especially for football season. He's got two or three of the greatest cappers that you could get each week, breaking down games and explaining what the bookmaker's telling you and what's different and why they're playing a certain game or why they're avoiding a certain team this year. So again, as much research as you can absorb Definitely key to handicapping. And Barry McFadden, again, perfect example of that. Guy joined the Super Contest the first year. Had no idea what he was doing. Questioned himself of saying, why am I even in this contest? And he made it a point to improve the following year. And lo and behold, Guy finishes number three out of 1,700 people. And makes about $200,000 and almost one more than that. And he's been back in the contest ever since. And again, he really honed in on his craft. So if you want to make money, you got to treat it as a business. You got to really go out there and spend time with it. Um, you can't. Be one of these guys that's going to bet one week, forget everything, come back the next week. That's how you lose money. Or if you're down money, you're going to chase this. If you want to take it seriously and you want to make money, you can make money betting on sports. But at the end of the day, if you're going to come in and out and try to time the market, it'll never happen. It's like stocks. It's ups, it's downs, it's in-betweens. And yeah, that's all you can ask for. Some people are made for it. Some people aren't. Try to avoid the parlays. If you want to play a parlay, I always tell people maybe use half of what your 1% would be or even a quarter of it. So if you're $100 better and you want to put in a parlay, put in a $25 parlay, three teams, max maybe, maybe four if you're feeling, uh, feeling good about stuff. But again, that's quick money. Uh, that, that's not going to build a bankroll at the end of the day. Sure, it'll help you, but 
you're not going to get rich quick off of that. For every 10-team parlay that hits, there's hundreds of thousands that are losers. So stick with it. It's a week-to-week grind. Football's fun. Football's frustrating. But again, you'll get through it. And we hope to help you out here each and every week on the Cashing Out podcast. Again, thanks to our wonderful guests this week, Damon Graham, the 2016 Super Contest winner, and Barry McFadden, Fade Material, the 2015 third place finisher of the Super Contest in Las Vegas. Now we're going to close the show with my picks. Couple things that I fired on in the last, oh, I don't know, four weeks here. Uh, first, we'll start with some NFL regular season totals for wins. Uh, I'll just take it each division here. I'm not going to go over every team, but I'm just going to kind of give you things that I looked at, things that I played, uh, just my two cents real quick about certain things. Uh, so we're going to start in the NFC East. Phillies. Dallas Giants Redskins, excuse me, still in baseball mode, I just said Phillies, Philadelphia Eagles, that is, the reigning and defending Super Bowl champs, Um, this division every year is a crapshoot, do I see any value anywhere, I really don't, Um, if anything, maybe the Eagles come back down a little bit, but again, not a team I'm looking to not... uh, you know, go against um, gun to my head. If I had to make some sort of a wager in this division, which I haven't this season, and I don't think I will just because it's so up and down every year, uh, I guess gun to my head, Redskins over six and a half wins um, just to go out there on a whim. But yeah, NFC is not my favorite. Uh, we'll move over to the NFC North. Uh, this division, the only thing that I fired on was the Bears over six and a half wins. Um, I like that bet a lot. I thought John Fox's time in Chicago um, needed to go. And I like the hire of the new coach. And I think they're going to be throwing more. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, another year um, in the NFL. And he had some flashes last year where he looked like a winner. Um so you never know. Year two of this program, I think they got a nice shot. Um, Minnesota and Green Bay obviously are going to be at the top. I don't really have any particular plays on either of those. Um, they're both good teams. Would I bet the over or the under? Again, probably would just stay out of those teams. Uh, going to the NFC South, you've got the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, and Bucks. I love the Bucks under. And I'm also going to throw in a little side note here. I did make a play on one of my favorite prop bets every season uh, when it comes to the NFL, if your book has it or not. First coach to be fired, Tampa Bay, Dirk Cutter. This guy is a dead man walking in Tampa. If you watched Hard Knocks last year, I really have no idea how this guy is an NFL head coach. Um, I think he's very overrated. Uh, I think last year he lost this team. Jameis Winston uh, starting the season suspended. Uh, I just think Tampa Bay looks like a complete disaster this year. So again, I'm going to say that Dirk Cutter is the first coach fired 
and I'm going to say that the Bucks win under six and a half games. I also think the Saints are too good this year. I think the Falcons are always a good team. And Carolina, eh, they're going to be up and down. I'm not crazy about Norv Turner being there uh, as the offensive coordinator with Cam Newton. But, um, again, I think that's a good division. And almost like the NFC East, every year it's kind of a crapshoot of who's going to be good and who isn't. Uh, And then moving to the NFC West, um, the biggest play here that I made was the Niners under nine wins. Um, I like Jimmy Garoppolo, and unfortunately, everything around this team right now is what everybody saw last year, which if you handicap NFL, is never a good thing to go with. People always like to bet what they see last, and last year... You saw Jimmy Garoppolo rattle off five wins to close out the year, and everyone loves this Niners team. I just don't see it. I like Jimmy G. However, nine wins under. I think this team's lucky to go six and ten, seven and nine, especially with the Los Angeles Rams there. I think they're over nine and a half wins easily. Uh, Seattle's taking a step back. The Cardinals are taking a step back. And the Rams are just loaded uh, pretty much all over the place. There are going to be a lot of questions surrounding them this year. And a lot of people like them to maybe represent the NFC. We'll get into that shortly. Um, Going now to the AFC with the season win totals. Uh, AFC North. A lot of people on the Browns bandwagon. I don't know. I can't do it. Historically, teams that are on hard knocks never do uh, that well, and there's always some inflation there. And also last year, they didn't win a game, so everybody's going to expect, well, maybe this year they turn it around, another year of Hugh Jackson, and Baker Mayfield might make a start, and Tyrod Taylor's there, and Jarvis Landry's there. So there's a lot of hype surrounding the Cleveland Browns. I get it. Um, Would I want to put my money on them to win over five and a half, six games? Not really. Um, I think Baltimore is interesting. Baltimore is a team that no one ever really gives too much talk about week to week on a a week to week basis. Um, Another year of of Harbaugh there. Uh, Flacco is back who... Again, Flacco backing him every week. That's, you know, almost Russian roulette-like. But you never know. That division, they could win nine games. There's no reason why. Um, One team that I do like to take a step back, and I'm sorry for all the Steelers fans out there, but Steelers are sitting there, 10.5 wins. I took it under. I think the window has completely closed on this team. Um Antonio Brown is still there. Roethlisberger is still there. Le'Avion Bell, maybe there's some unfinished business there. But between Le'Avion Bell with the contract, uh, Tomlin's still there another year. That defense looked (laughs) pretty horrible at times last year. Um, I'm going to say Steelers under 10.5, and and that might be the end of Big Ben and Le'Avion Bell. Moving to the AFC East. Love the Bills under six and a half wins. There's a ton of juice on it, but I really do think they might be one of the worst teams in football this season. Um, I do like Miami and the Jets to go over their win total. I think that could be possible. 
Patriots, not touching it. You don't bet against uh, Brady and Belichick. Um, and I also don't want to take the over because who knows, they might be a 9-10 win team uh, other than 11. So not touching that. Going to the AFC South. Here's a division that a lot of our guests have talked about in the last few weeks. Who is going to come out of the AFC South? Love the Colts pick. Andrew Luck, if healthy and plays a full year, there's no reason why they cannot win seven games, so take them over. Uh, Tennessee, don't really have much of a feel on them. Last year they were the kind of sexy pick out of the South, uh, but new head coach there this year. Um, not sure what you get out of Mike Vrabel. Houston Texans, over eight and a half. Love it. Our guest on this week's show loved it as well. Um, Damon Graham, 2016 Super Contest winner. So Houston Texans, over eight and a half. Like that as well. And I think the Jags do regress. Uh, last year, everything broke really well for them. Blake Bortles is back, though, again. Uh, defense is still there. Not really sure how this team is going to score points. Um yeah, not a big fan of Jacksonville this year. I think they come back down to about a 6-7 win team. And finishing up in the AFC West, I love the Chargers this year. I think the Chargers have a real shot at going deep in the AFC this year. I think the Chiefs, they have a rookie quarterback, Pat Mahomes. First time getting the starts for a season. Andy Reid is still there, but again, I think they're going to go through some growing pains there. Oakland, they're getting ready for that Vegas move eventually. Uh, John Gruden is back. That helps, but I still don't see that team going to the playoffs this year. And Denver, uh, Barry McFadden, fade material today. He likes them to go under, and I have to agree. Um, Case Keenum, I think that was just right team, uh, right place last year. I don't think this guy is going to be no savior of the, uh, the franchise to win nine games or anything like that and make the playoffs. I think this division really does come down to Phillip Rivers and uh, the Chargers in Los Angeles. Looking forward to uh, some pro football MVP futures that I made. These couple long shots that I like. Here's what I like. My rationale behind this is teams that could go deep into the playoffs, teams that are going to win about 10 games, Teams that have quarterbacks that can light up the scoreboard. So, with that being said, I have made some wagers on the following MVP candidates in the NFL. One, Deshaun Watson. Guy is healthy. He's in the AFC South. He's explosive. I got him at 20 to 1. So, I like Deshaun Watson for MVP. Going into my second MVP choice that I fired on out in the NFC. Assuming the Rams have a good year, who would win the MVP, you might ask? Sure, Todd Gurley is a possibility, but why not Jared Goff? Jared Goff, 25-1 to 1 in some spots. Uh, I think I got him earlier than that at like 30-1. Uh, to 1. So again, if the Rams are going to be good, I could totally see Jared Goff being an MVP candidate. So Goff, my second MVP choice there. Third choice, like I just mentioned, I like the Chargers. Why not Phillip Rivers? Maybe this is the magical season he needs to get to the Super Bowl. Maybe he gets that elusive Super Bowl victory and ring. Uh, maybe he just lights it up this year 
in uh, Los Angeles and wins an MVP award. So those are my three MVP uh, picks that I like this year. And then we're going to get down to the good stuff. My Super Bowl predictions. I have a few futures right now. I've got the Los Angeles Rams, which I took back in March. I'll post a ticket if you don't believe me. <laughs> 17-1. And they're down to, it looks like at some spots, almost 8-1 to or 10-1 to at some books. So Los Angeles Rams, that's my number one Super Bowl future. Followed right after that by the New Orleans Saints. And followed right after that, the Houston Texans. Along with the Los Angeles Chargers. So we've got a few Super Bowl futures looking strictly for value. Um, you're not going to get rich betting your Packers, your Steelers, your Patriots, your Eagles. So we're going to take some shots there with those teams. We hope you enjoyed this week of cashing out. We'll probably do some baseball next week. I'm actually going up to Saratoga for this weekend, horse racing. We'll cover that a little bit, and we'll do some more NFL. Please make sure that you rate subscribe review on itunes for this podcast spread the word we've got to get more views for this and we've got a lot of great information each and every week as always if you have any questions feel free to hit me up on twitter at brocklanders 41 until next time this has been another episode of cashing out a new jersey sports betting podcast